Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. A few weeks ago, back at the beginning of June, I did an episode that was all about self-reflection. I think it was episode 109. I posed some questions that gave you an opportunity to pause and ponder and reminisce and access your own wisdom. I said back then that I would do another episode on a similar theme. And guess what? This week, I thought it would be a good time to do it. Um, August, of course, is a traditionally a a holiday time. So if you're lucky enough to have some time off, time away from the normal routine, a a holiday, um, these questions that I'm sharing this week will be another opportunity for you to pause and ponder, as I say. And maybe they'll be a good companion if you're out on a walk or stretched out in the sun, or maybe even to use as a conversation starter around the dinner table. Now, I'm a big fan of questions. You'll have heard me say before that as a coach, uh, questions are the tools of my trade. And in my work in organisations, whether I'm helping a company with strategy or in upskilling with managers or leaders in the areas of communication skills or even presentation skills, I place a lot of emphasis on questions. And there's a number of reasons for that. Mainly in this context, of course, because questions unlock the door to your own wisdom. And as I always say, you're the expert in being you. Um, What else do do questions do? Well, questions, a a great question, breaks uh, outdated habits of thinking. Um, It will inspire um, new questions, give us the opportunity to perhaps bring new insights to old problems. Questions also start the process of learning. Um, Questions stimulate creativity. Um, They establish focus. The list goes on. Um, What's interesting too, and I was only thinking about this recently, is that every uh, organisation, every company, every business is the answer to a question. So if you're tuning in as maybe a business owner, something to contemplate is what, um, you know, what question is your business the answer to? There's an interesting one to ponder. Uh, perhaps that's a topic I'll come back to um, in a future episode. Uh, great questions, of course, also encourage uh, engagement. Uh, they clarify. They help confirm understanding. They create the space for listening. You can see why I'm such a fan of questions. Um, and, and even if you break the word down, you know the way I like wordplay? The first five letters of the word question spell quest, a word, a word that conjures up images of chivalrous adventures and noble pursuits. And you know when you've come across a, a great question because you'll feel it. It will intrigue you. Um, it will you know, instill in your imagination a sense of possibility. There will be a jolt of energy, excitement, maybe even a sense of liberation. Um, and by asking a great question, you're embarking on a gallant quest. So as I say, I'm a big fan of questions. But of course, a great question doesn't always have to lead to a definitive answer. In fact, your whole life could be devoted to uncovering or fine-tuning or living the answer to a great question. So I've structured this week's episode around six questions. My invitation is that these questions might prompt you to reach for your journal or your notebook and your pen, um, or it might be just something to contemplate as you're, you're listening to me and doing what you're doing. So the first question is, what are five of your favourite journeys or five of the best journeys you ever made? 
Now, last time, back in June, I posed a question around places that you visited. And you might think this is similar. But of course, this question is about journeys. And there's that old phrase, it's better to travel than to arrive. And we all know the ultimate destination in life anyway, and that life is about the journey, hence this question. And so this is a chance to recall those journeys that made an impression upon you. Maybe it was because they were adventurous or maybe because of the people you traveled with or maybe things that you saw along the way. So what are five of your favorite journeys, five of your best journeys that you ever made? So when I was contemplating this myself, the first thing that came to mind for me, as, as in terms of a favourite journey, um, I always enjoy travelling to the airport. And it seems a long time since I've done that because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it means I'm heading away somewhere. Maybe it's to do with work or maybe it's a holiday, but it's, it, it's travel and getaway, which I've always loved. Equally, I do like the journey back from the airport back home because it's nice to see family and it's nice to be back home as well. Hopefully haven't had a good time away. Um, I do also enjoy the journey out to see my mom on a Saturday. Um, I head out Saturday lunchtime and go out there for a few hours. And that's a journey that I really enjoy uh, once a week. I say I've done a I've been blessed that I've done a lot of travel over the years, not recently, but over the years I have. And uh, perhaps top of my list when I think of a, of a favorite journey. Um, and it's, it's one that was lengthy because you can't get any bigger than than traveling around the world. And I spoke about it before um, about a year ago on the podcast when I was looking at you know, when I moved from the corporate world into setting up my own business and I was doing a bit of soul searching. And I was very fortunate to go into Trail Finders and to buy a round the world uh, plane ticket, uh, which I don't even think you can do to the same extent anymore. Back then, it was all to do with airline alliances and points and got a few free flights out of it as well. But did that round the world trip. And that was something I savoured. I did it by myself. It was an adventure. Um, and I have such fond memories of it. And it's 20 years ago now, and, and, and not that long ago, I took out the, the journal that I kept um, on that uh, trip, that wonderful trip, and certainly reminisced and went back, back down memory lane. Um, another journey that, that, um, that comes to mind when I was thinking about it was the half marathon I did. Now, I've been fortunate, not fortunate, but I did a full marathon. I did the Dublin marathon about 15 years ago. I don't think my knees would take it anymore, but back in 07, I put my name into the lottery for the New York half marathon and it came out. So I said, this is an opportunity to go to New York. And that was a journey that I I loved. It, the, the half marathon, a bit more doable at 13 and a half miles. And there was a few laps around Central Park. Uh, but perhaps the highlight of it was the race went through Times Square and they had a camera on the race. So if you looked up, you could see yourself on some of the big screens in Times Square, which was a claim to fame for me and then the race finished down towards the um at the tip of manhattan so we were running in the direction of the statue of liberty which was a, a lovely point of focus uh, they were two things that came to mind when i think of of some favorite journeys but of course we can get philosophical here as well and we can think of the journey from the head to the heart you know so some journeys are maybe not physical journeys they're a little bit more inward looking um, and and for me, that that concept of the of the journey from the head and the heart is about moving from just the rational mind to 
to feelings. You know, it's not just about what I want to get done, but how do I want to feel? And as I often say, you know, the greatest motivation is what the heart wants to feel more so than what the what the head wants to get done. So that's the first question for you to ponder. I hope my musings have maybe stimulated some of your own thinking, but it was five of your best journeys or five of your favorite journeys. For the second reflection question, we might be getting a little bit more materialistic. And I think that's no, that's not too bad once we don't lose sight of some of the other stuff as well. But this one is 10 things that give you the most pleasure. Now, we all have things, maybe gifts that were given to us, stuff we've bought for ourselves, maybe things we've we've come across that we've picked up from a beach, like a shell, which is something that I do every so often. You know, some of these things just come and go and they might be forgotten, but other other things, other material items, they can leave a lasting impression on us. We might keep them in a, in a special place in the house. Uh, maybe we wear them. Um, maybe it's because of their beauty. Maybe it's because of the circumstances in which they came into your, into your possession, you know, or who gave them to you. So this is a, this is a chance just to contemplate those items in life that you cherish. And of course, if you listen to my guest interviews on the podcast, and it's a few weeks since I had one. But one of the closing questions that I always ask my guests are, what some of your most cherished possessions? And it's uh, it's always fascinating listening to, to people's responses to that because it's always so varied. I know back in episode 100, when my friend Marion asked me that question, um, perhaps top of the list of my cherished possessions are my diaries because I've been writing a diary every day since January 1986. So I can't is that 35 years or so ago? I know I started writing them before my 16th birthday um, and that's not today nor yesterday. Um, I remember B.B. Baskin when she was on my podcast uh, last autumn, she spoke about a cherished possession being a handcrafted bookshelf that was made for her in India that she brought back home. I think it was Nick Williams who mentioned his iPhone, and I know that's probably going to be high on my list as well. Maybe it shouldn't be, but they are such great resources, not just of communication, but of knowledge as well. Several people I had on the podcast spoke about pendants or significant pieces of jewellery that are important to them. I remember one of my last interviews with, uh, with Des Canning, the psychotherapist and counsellor, he spoke about his bike being a cherished possession um, because he enjoys being out on it and exercise. And I suppose with that thinking in mind, perhaps one of my most cherished possessions is my yoga mat. Um, and it's really what it symbolises for me when I roll that out, usually in the morning time. It's like this is a space for me and, and the world reduces to the size of that yoga mat and I turn inwards. Um, and again, this might sound a bit odd, but something I always associate with my yoga mat as well is the ear pods. So if you see some of the little yoga videos I put up on Instagram, you'll usually see the little white ear um, earphones, ear pods in my ears because I'm either listening to music or I'm listening to the the video of yoga with Adrian that I'm watching on the iPad and her instruction is coming into my ears. And they, you know, that might sound fairly innocuous, but if I'm out for a walk and I'm listening to a podcast or music, it's those earpods that are in. And they do bring me a lot of pleasure. Uh, something else that also brings me pleasure, and this is this might sound a little bit this might sound a bit strange, but a few a few when about about two years or so ago, I had a jacket made for me. I always wanted to have a good jacket and uh, it was tailored to me. 
and and I love it. And every so often, I'll just go to the wardrobe and, and take it out and rub my hand down the sleeve of it and um, uh, and slip it on. But I discovered a few months ago that it doesn't really fit me <laughs> as much as I would like, despite the fact it was tailored to me. And I'll put that down to the, the comfort eating during COVID. But it's also encouraged me to get back into the gym and to do a bit more exercise because, you know, I spent a bit of money on this jacket and I want to get the wear out of it. And I don't want to have to bring it to the tailor again to get it to get it let out. And so that's one of my motivations for 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 upping my fitness levels again. But when I think of something that just brings me pleasure, that does, because I feel great when I'm wearing it. It's something I always wanted. I saved up for it. Um, and as I say, I want to get the wear out of it. So the second question for you to ponder this week is, you know, what are some of the things that you have in your life, possessions that you cherish um, or just material items that bring you a sense of pleasure? The third question this week to ponder, to journal on, to contemplate is what would be 10 of your favourite books, movies, TV series, pieces of art? Now, we could go on all day on this one. Um, and you might go for many more than 10. You know, even if I just think about the books, I couldn't even name 10 books that are favourites of mine because my, my reading is so diverse and it depends on my mood um, and it depends on what I can remember that I've read, you know, and then over different stages of life, our tastes will change as well. But this is an opportunity to pick and mix from all different forms of art. Um, it's an opportunity for you to acknowledge maybe how the arts or literature or cinema um, has had a positive impact on your life. Um, for me, when I think about perennial favourites, you know, there are certain books that I'll go back and I'll reread. Um, for example, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, I probably read about every two or three years. Um, I reread it again for probably the fourth or fifth time earlier this year. And I always get something new from it. It always makes me want to travel to Italy and India and Indonesia too. Um, there are other books like uh, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth is one that I'll uh, reach for again and again. And perhaps a new favourite that I only read this year and I've spoken about it before is Martha Beck's uh, The Way of Integrity. Um, that would be another favourite of mine. Um, but there are so many books. And of course, every so often I will do an episode on the podcast around recommended reading. So I'm not going to go down and speak about books too much today. If I think about some of the, the movies that I enjoy, perhaps close to the top of the list is the, is the classic movie Jaws. Um, it's one I associate with watching it with my, my dad and brother when we were younger um, and being afraid to look at it in the early stages, but a classic thriller, perhaps my favourite thriller movie. And I remember a few years ago being able to get as a gift for my brother, who, who particularly enjoys it, uh, a copy of the script. So it was an interesting um, uh, piece to have, you know, where the dialogue and the scenes and everything are described in the in the script for the movie. Um, another movie I like that I look at every so often when I'm looking for a bit of comfort is uh, Gosford Park, Robert Altman's almost pastiche on the country house, English country house uh, murder mystery weekend. 
uh, with a great cast in it as well. Um, I often think it's interesting, the movies or the box sets that we look at again and again. It's like, well, why do we do that? We know the ending of them, but it's usually because it, it's how it makes us feel. You know, maybe it gives us a sense of inspiration or just comfort or a good laugh. And if we know the, the movies or the box sets that, that we enjoy, why not connect with them more, more purposefully? I know one box set that I enjoyed and I've watched several times, but not recently is the is the West Wing with Martin Sheen as the as the president. It's gosh, it must be 20 years old now. And I associated watching it with my dad on a Friday night. Um, and I've always had a great love of politics, particularly American politics. And with the West Wing, it's I suppose it's fantasy, but it's also my idealized version of of maybe how politics uh, could work. Um, another uh, favourite of myself and Brian's is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Now, I've read the books, but we particularly enjoyed the Peter Jackson adaptation of them going back now, what, guts of 20 years as well. And that's something that we'll tend to watch over a, a few Saturday nights in the in the winter time. And again, classic hero's journey, you know, themes of magic and wonder. Um, and maybe it's reconnecting with the child in me as well. Um, so that that question to to ponder is around your favorite pieces of art or literature or movies or TV, uh, and maybe twofold. One because maybe you haven't watched many of them in a while, or you, you could take something off the bookshelves and reread and re-enjoy it again, um, or maybe it just get you to think about some of the the themes that run through um, uh, the things that you like to watch or read. The fourth question is, think about the five best gifts anyone has ever given you. Now, I could put this one in as, you know, the best gifts you've given to someone else. But for most of us, we're better at giving than receiving. So this is one that gets us to think about what we've been fortunate enough to receive in the past. And again, this might link into the second question around some of your favourite things. But, uh, you know, for me, there's two aspects to a gift. There's the gift itself and there's the person giving the gift or maybe the circumstances around the receiving of the gift. You know, so try not to recall only the gift here, but who gave it to you and, and why it's one of the best uh, for you. What's interesting is people will often say to me, Brian will often say to me, my mum will say, you know, James, you're dreadful to buy for. Um, and maybe that's because I'm, you know, blessed and I don't really look out for too many things. But when I think of some of the best gifts I've received, uh, one that comes to mind was a stereo system I received for my 30th birthday. You know, even acknowledging that I received a stereo system, which probably now has, you know, less um, power or less quality sound than I would have in my phone. It was something that I was really thrilled with. Um, and I remember they had set it up in uh, at home when we came back from having had a meal out for my birthday. And then to see it there and to be able to play my music on it was was fantastic. And what was interesting around the same time or not long after that, it was my my quarter life crisis, as I sometimes call it. When I left the corporate world, the gift that my colleagues in the firm that I worked with um, clubbed together and got me was a Montblanc pen, a really good pen. And they'd asked me what I would like. And, and I suggested that. And they were, you know, fantastic in, in getting it for me. 
And thankfully, 20 odd years later, I still use that pen. Um, it's a good pen, so maybe it helps to make the, the legibility of my writing just that little bit better. I don't know. But it's um, it's symbolic for me because it represents the 12 years I worked with that firm and um, and good memories. And, and I still carry that with me as well. And touch wood, I've, I've not lost it. Um, other gifts that come to mind more recently were wedding gifts. And uh, both my parents and Brian's mom um, they didn't know what to get us and we we contemplated it ourselves and we said it'd be nice to get maybe some pieces of art which we'll always have so we went to an art fair in the RDS and uh, we bought some pieces of art um, there was a lovely triptych you know a trio of paintings by the Irish artist Vincent Devine which we have in the in the house here and also uh, two other pieces of art by a, a Ken Mare based artist, I believe, Peter O'Sullivan. And um, with art, it, 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 when I'm looking at them, I always see something new in them and and the intention of the artist has gone into them and, and, and they just bring a great sense of pleasure. But they're also representative now of um, that milestone in our lives when we got married back in 2018. And it, it's interesting here with gifts as well, because I'm someone who in the past does buy myself gifts now that might sound a bit strange but you know for many years i didn't have anyone special in my life so i said i'm buying myself gifts you know i'll be my own best friend that that sort of thinking and when the time came for my 50th i did receive some lovely gifts and was that a year or so ago but one of the things that was important to me was that i wanted to buy myself a gift for my 50th birthday to acknowledge the fact that I've reached it. I'd come through some health challenges that not everyone is lucky enough to reach half a century. And it's been quite a journey. And I just wanted to acknowledge that for myself. And I bought myself a watch. I had sort of saved up for it. But now it symbolizes to me, you know, the the milestone reached, but also the fact that I was able to gift myself that as well, um, which is important. So if you want to include on your own lift, list of gifts something that you got yourself, I'll let you away with that one as well. Now we're getting towards the close, but the fifth question, the fifth list to uh, contemplate compiling is what were five things that were goals or dreams or ambitions that you've now achieved or that are in the bag? So, so often we will put the focus on what's next. You know, we'll have new plans, new goals, new ambitions. And, you know, that's as it should be. We continue to grow and evolve through life and life will still prompt us to reach for more. But it's so important to take a moment and to acknowledge how far we've come and to acknowledge the things that maybe you worked hard for in the past that you've now achieved, uh, things that you had wished for in the past that came to pass. Uh, dreams fulfilled, as it were. Yeah, when I was thinking of this, it was like, gosh, this this is actually a lengthy list. I'm not going to bore you with it all, but I know for so many years, you know, at the outset of the year, I'd have different goals or dreams and ambitions, and I'm going back here 20 or 30 years, and uh, and so many of them have come to fruition, and some of them purposely came to fruition some of them almost came to pass by default and I know I know you'll have experienced some of that yourself when I think of maybe the the relationship the marriage that I have I was looking to meet someone special for a long time and then when I was ready 
uh, Brian showed up. There was other things that were maybe a little bit more quantifiable, like I always wanted to run a marathon. And I put in the training for that and injured me knee and had to go to physiotherapy. And oh, there was a whole journey to it because I don't think I'm a natural runner. Uh, but I did complete the Dublin Marathon in 06. And as I mentioned there, the New York Marathon and uh, New York Half Marathon in 07. Um, actually, back in 07 as well, my first book was published, Graduate to Success. And that was a big goal for me as well. I always wanted to write a book. And I'm currently writing my sixth one. Um, and I'm sure I'll speak more about that in the weeks to come because I'm halfway through the, the new book and I haven't produced a new book in about five years. So that will also be a bit of a milestone for me. And one of the other um, dreams or goals or ambitions that I had um, way back in the 90s as a younger man was to have a sports car. And that was something I was able to, to do or organise towards the, when was it, the end of the 90s? Yeah, 99, because the car was 99D. I had a little silver Mazda and, and I loved it and used to pray for the good weather. And maybe even if the weather wasn't good, I'd still put the roof down. And I kept that car for, gosh, I think I had it for about 12 years. It certainly didn't owe me anything. Um, and it was the car of my dreams. And I'm not a huge petrol head. Um, but that was something that I, I got pleasure from driving. And uh, and it was a goal or ambition, and it was ticked off. Um, and, um, um, and it's nice to acknowledge that. And I'm sure you have many similar um, goals or achievements that it's nice just to take a moment to acknowledge. So one more to go. What would be five things that I wish I had done but didn't? So you might sort of think, oh, here's the sting in the tail. We were contemplating goals achieved and favourite gifts, etc. And now it's something that brings me into a slightly different territory. Well, it's five things I wish I had done but didn't. You know, again, this might seem like a strange one to end on, but it's not about looking at regrets or last, last opportunities. It's really a prompt to maybe resurrect a dream or a goal or an ambition. Uh, it's also an opportunity to contemplate, how would I say it, maybe some hidden talents that you have that you didn't exercise in the past. Uh, and then recognising as well that it's, it's never too late. Uh, when I think about this one, the first thing that comes to mind is not that I didn't do something, but that maybe I could have done it sooner. And that would be common with many people I've encountered over the years personally, but also in, in a coaching capacity where they're contemplating leaving a job or making a change in their life. And oftentimes they say, gosh, I, I only wish I had done it sooner. But in that regard, I often say it is about divine timing. You know, when the timing is right, the timing is right. You know, when I look around now and I see, you know, how society has changed in relation to, say, gay people or people coming out, you know, that didn't happen for me until I was in my 30s. With hindsight, would I have loved for that to have happened 10 years earlier? Um, and on one level, I would say yes, uh, because I would be living the, the true me sooner. But on the other hand, you know, I wasn't ready to. And um, that's a personal journey for everyone. And society is different. And I'm certainly not regretting it because I can't go back and change it anyway. Um, as I say, when the timing is right, the timing is right. And um, perhaps one thing that I, I per perhaps maybe could have done more when I was younger was just gone out and had fun and partied more. Whereas I started work at 18 and 
I was studying at night time and, you know, I got my head down and I was ambitious. And maybe now I just don't have the same energy for going out and partying anymore. So perhaps that was a missed opportunity. Um, but have a think about it. What might it be for you? What some things that you wish you had done um, and maybe could um, could try again? Um, one of the other things that I'm contemplating within the new book I'm writing, and there's a phrase or a chapter in it called the bucket list of ordinariness. So we all know the concept of bucket lists and you have the big goals and dreams and places you want to visit. But for me, the idea of a bucket list of just ordinariness is about the simple pleasures in life. So sometimes when we're contemplating the questions like we're going through today, we're looking at the big things in life. But so often so much pleasure comes from the from the little things and they mightn't be important to other people, but they're very significant to you. So that might be one thing we'll close on this week. So yes, there might be things you want to revisit, things you put off in the past that, you know, you could add to your agenda again now, particularly, you know, post-COVID um, um, and, and that sense of carpe diem that hopefully we'll all find reinvigorated within us. But to to just contemplate the simple things as well within that. And if you were to do your own bucket list of simple pleasures, what might be on it? So as we move towards close, let's do a quick recap on those uh, six questions or those six lists to compile. The, the first one was your five best journeys or your five favorite journeys. Then there was the, the 10 things that give you the most pleasure. That's the, the materialistic aspect of it. Uh, then there was the, your list of favorite books or movies or TV series or pieces of art um, uh, that you enjoy. Um, the five best gifts that anyone has ever given you um, and maybe why they're important to you. And then the closing ones where we were looking at dreams or goals or ambitions that you've achieved. So if you look back and acknowledge them and give, your sense that, give yourself that sense of recognition. Um, and then the last one, five things I wish I had done but didn't. And can I bring them front and centre again? Or maybe what did I learn from them? So I hope you found this week's episode um, interesting, if nothing else, and you've been listening and maybe thinking about how you would answer them or to go back and revisit them with your pen and notebook in hand and, and scribble down your, your own learnings, your own musings. And that's one of the key intentions I have with this podcast where, you know, it just gives you a moment to pause and reflect. So thank you for tuning in. Um, and I know so many of you tune in every week, and I'm so grateful for that. More information about me, James Sweetman, is available on my website, jamesweetman.com. And then there's plenty shared on social media as well, of course. So until next week. <laughs>